0: Hello, Lockport Christian Church family. Pastor Mike here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast, to connect with us this month. Every month, I'm trying to get on here and just give you a way to hear my voice, to hear my heart, to hear how things are going with our church. And each month, I'm looking to have a conversation with someone about a certain topic. And after that conversation, I'll share my thoughts on it. As well. This month, we were able to sit down and talk to one of our church members, Braden. And it's interesting, the topic that Braden is very passionate about is giving. And Braden has some great thoughts and convictions about giving that I was certainly challenged with. And I think it's going to challenge all of us. And then after the conversation you'll hear with Braden, you'll hear my thoughts on the topic as well. So I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Braden, and I know that it's going to challenge you. So with no further ado, here is my conversation with Brayden about giving. Alright everybody, we are here with Braden Matichuski. <laughs> took me like eight years to say your name right.
1: You didn't even say it right. Yes, I did. It's Medicheski.
0: Oh, whatever. Well, we are here with Brayden. Uh, He is a longtime member of our church. He has been with us uh, for about 11 years now. When do you turn 23? In December? Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost almost 12 years. So he, uh, he has been coming to our church for 12 years. He is um, a leader at Vintage College Ministries, Young Adult Ministries at the chapel, and uh, he is uh, a future cluster leader for our church. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> He's also the house manager at Saving Grace Ministries, which is a really important role for us at our main house. So welcome, Braden. Hey, what's going on? Not much. So what, is, uh, what are you listening to in your car right now? <laughs> the blessed life by who Robert Morris and how many times have you listened to that cd
1: like 10 times
0: at least 10 times at least <laughs> if you drive around in braden's car you won't listen to music you won't listen to sports talk radio or the you know the, the, any kind of you'll listen to the blessed life by robert morris and uh, for some reason braden listens to that over and over again and he told me that he was preparing a sermon for giving, and I thought, well, why don't we put it into a podcast, and and so we came up with some questions, and and we're going to talk about giving. So, Brayden, of all the topics a Christian could be passionate about, why is the topic of giving so important to you?
1: Giving is important to me because the church is Jesus's bride. The church is everything to him. Okay. So what does
0: that have to do with giving? Like, why is that...
1: Well, giving it in the Bible, it, we're required to give, and, mm-hmm. go ahead. I mean, it's sort of like if it's his bride, it's like your wife. Okay. If, you know, you just kind of not you give something to her, right? Mm-hmm. You make it very intimate. Yeah. So giving means a lot to the church, which is his, which is his bride. So, do you think
0: intimacy and giving go hand in hand?
1: I do do you have any examples of that intimacy and giving well when you're giving you're usually giving from your heart Hmm. you know i mean i'm I'm not even talking when i talk about giving i'm not talking about the tithe i'm talking about giving which is above and beyond the tithe
0: okay so there's the tithe and then there's offerings or giving in our relationship with jesus being his bride to go above and beyond in our intimacy with him and our love for him. It's not just about giving just what God commands us to give.
1: It's about going above and beyond that. Correct. Hmm. I mean, would it take this... I mean, if, it, if it's... Well, let's take this from a marriage standpoint. Would you just give your wife the bare minimum? Right. You're not going to get very far. How, how would your relationship be? Yeah. So you, you, you really... you got to take giving to a whole new level. Hmm. That's interesting. Because giving is just way beyond the, the money, too. How so? What do you mean by that? Because because giving is connected to your heart. Because every time you open your wallet, you'll hear it talk. <laughs> so what does it say when you open it? What does it say when I open it? Yeah. What does your wallet say when you open it? Well, crickets like, <laughs> usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what does it say when it opens it? I it's mean, like, I guess what, what I'm giving to the church, it, it gives me an opportunity... Well, a ton of voices usually say, you know many other things you could spend that on? Hmm. There's always something that
0: you could give your money to.
1: There's always that dream you want to build. There's always that thing you want. So what
0: have you noticed happening in your
1: life as you've learned about this and put it into practice? Once I've learned about giving, I've learned that it's working selfishness and greed out of me. Because tithing and giving doesn't make sense. Because if it made sense, everybody would do it. But it doesn't make sense. That's why it takes the faith to do it. What about it doesn't make sense? Because, so like, when I do my budget, numbers usually don't add up. Like, on paper, it, it'll look like I can't afford things. Mm-hmm. But then I, it just happens, or God just blesses me, and... Other ways. Yeah. Blessing doesn't also come in money either. Mm-hmm. It comes in every health, you know, just, yeah. What's the
0: biggest blessing you can remember that you've gotten that's not financial?
1: The biggest blessing is where I'm at right now in life. Yeah. That, that after my mom passed, I got my brother... You know, we're living in a house. That's probably been the biggest blessing. Because mm-hmm. everything's been smooth rolling. Yeah. With some minor side effects, but...
0: Yeah, there's always going to be times where God tests your faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what's the most important truth you've learned about giving
1: according to the Bible or according to what you're learning from the blessed life? You can't serve... You can only serve one master. You cannot serve two. Because money mammon which is the spirit that's on money. Because money isn't bad, it's a spirit that's on money, which is mammon, Mm -hmm. and God.
0: So, for people that are listening to this that don't know what mammon is, the spirit of mammon, what
1: is that? It's a false god. It it promises you everything that only God can give you. It promises you it, but it's stuff that only God can give you. Hmm. So it tells you it can give you everything you want, it can fulfill you. It can give you happiness. Right. More cars, happiness, that's... It, it promises you everything that God will give you. So here's the question that people love to debate. Oh, boy. Is
0: tithing required for New Testament believers?
1: Well, Matthew um, 23, 23, in the New King James Version, Jesus talks about, says that you ought to bring the tithe. hmm And this is New Testament. Right. In, and this is in red. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Jesus is telling us that we ought to bring the tithe.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, Jesus, the head of the body of Christ.
1: And also in Matthew, um, what is it, 517, he also says that he did not come to abolish the law. But to fulfill fulfill the
0: law. Yeah. So meaning we we aren't required to um, follow the law anymore, but it doesn't necessarily mean we don't have to live according to the
1: law. That's just like us going and killing somebody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, could,
0: we could say, you know, I don't have to follow the Old Testament law. I can steal. I can kill. I can mm-hmm. covet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't free us from that. So what do you say to people who don't believe that New Testament believers
1: should give 10%? What I say to them, I, you're missing out. You're, hmm. I, I truly feel bad for them. Because it really turns down to, when you, God's trying to, God created tithing for us. He didn't create it for himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, the church doesn't need money. Jesus, or God didn't need money. Jesus didn't ever need money Mm -hmm. in his ministry, three years of ministry. He created it for us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So what would you say to the person who has a hard time
0: giving consistently, whether it's tithing or not? What would you What would you say to that
1: person? What kind of tips would you give them? So what I do is the money envelope thing. Okay. Where uh, you have all your bills and envelopes, mm-hmm. and and the first money or the first thing that I take away from my paycheck is a tie. Then I put it and I put it away until I can, can tie that. Mm-hmm. Um, that has helped me tremendously. Um, practical tips. Try it. See what God does in your life. Because in Malachi, I believe, it says this is the only place in Scripture that you can test God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Sometimes I get to a point where I just flat out cannot afford to tithe. Like, I just do not have the money to tithe. Something happened, my car broke down, my kids needed more money than usual, bills were higher than normal, and I just didn't have the money. Have you ever gotten into that kind of situation? Yes. Okay. So, what did you do there? I doubled up next week. So you, so you didn't just let it go. You said, "Okay, God, I can't mm-hmm. give this week. We're
1: gonna make it up on the back end." And it also boils down to the heart. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you literally can't afford it, but you you give again next week yeah. more, yeah, it's about the heart. Mm-hmm. And, Jesus, and that's just something that you have to be truthful about yourself. You know, when you say you can't afford it, but, you know, you, you still go to Tim Hortons every day. Right. You know, so so. It, I guess that all comes down to you. hmm But it, it just really all boils down to the heart. Do you have a
0: personal story that you've kind of lived through that goes along with this topic of giving that you could share with us to close things out?
1: So... I got my tax return last year. I'm sure you know this story. Um, you know, my, and then I put it, it was a um, p- pretty hefty amount. I put it in my savings account. You know, then I, I, I put money every aside every week to put in my savings account. And then, you know, life's going on. I, I, I always wake up and look at my bank account for some reason. And I just kept seeing it. Then I started putting my faith in that hmm. or security in that. Yeah. I stopped turning away from God, saying, God, I don't need you. I got money. <laughs> you know. Right. So then one day, as this is going on, and I, and I keep going away from God saying, you know, I got money. I, I got this. Yeah. Then my car had to go in for some repairs for inspection, and it cost the exact amount of <laughs> money to the penny that was in my savings account. And I heard God real clear said, "You, you, I don't have your full heart. You put you're putting security and money. Hmm. Wow. So how'd that make you feel? That I can't serve two people. That's that. It wasn't my heart was pretty.
0: Did it make you feel guilty or ashamed, or did you? Did it make you realize that you just needed to change your heart, and you needed to turn your heart towards God more, and like you talked about?" Regain that intimacy and that trust and
1: that faithfulness in Him. I, I, I needed to, I wouldn't say I need to put my faith, I need to give myself hmm. all to God because I wasn't giving myself all to God. I was giving myself to money too. Yeah. And what money could provide for me. Yeah. So it, it really boiled down to me really giving all of myself to God.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like the kind of the running theme of what you learned is <clears throat> your money is just kind of uh, the way you use your money is really the biggest sign of where your heart is towards God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the theme of what you're learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Do you have any final thoughts about this before we close? I, I would say try giving. Well, what do you mean by that? Just try giving. Like what exactly does that look like?
1: Take your 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 Tim Hortons money, your coffee money. You know, go buy some pot coffee, make it at home, and and give ten dollars, and and see what God will do with you, because it starts little.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mean coffee pot money, right? now, marijuana pot money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because
1: nowadays, you got. You, I think we got to differentiate so the two. So coffee grounds. You know, go buy <laughs> some filters. Yeah. Or maybe some great value. <laughs> great value is probably better. There you go. And and see what God will, will do with that money and give it to God. And and I promise you, I encourage people to, 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 to go above and beyond and to give and see what God will do with you. Cool. Well, thanks
0: for joining us today, Brayden. Appreciate your thoughts on this and your heart. And excited to see where God takes you going forward with this. It was a pleasure. <laughs> So a big shout out to Braden for sharing his heart and his thoughts on giving. I'm very impressed by a man of his age having a passion to uh, to give and to give in the way that is the right way to give, to give the way the Bible talks about giving, um, you know, to have a heart. And, you know, he's really seen God step up in this area of his life and it's just neat to watch. So If you see him, encourage him in this area because it's something he's very passionate about and uh, it's something that God has definitely brought him a long way in. So that's great. Um, Before I share my thoughts on giving, just want to share some announcements, some things that are going on in our church. Uh, We had a prayer meeting last month. It was our second one and it was a very powerful night. You should have found the podcast uh, for some of the recording on it. Sometimes I like to record some of the prophetic words just so that we can have them on file and people can listen to them and be encouraged that weren't there. But we do have another Zoom prayer meeting on Thursday, December 12th at 7 p.m. We want to switch them up to do some on Tuesdays, some on Thursdays, because some people can't make Tuesdays, some people can't make Thursdays. So we're going to kind of switch them up. We meet for prayer over video conference or calling in. And I want to encourage you. I know it might be a little intimidating. I know it might be a little hard to get to call in or to get the video conferencing set up. But push through that and learn something new and be a part of these nights because they've are very. they been very powerful so far. And I I walk away encouraged every time we do it. And so our next one again will be Thursday, December 12th at 7 p.m. And if you have any questions about how to connect with that with us, call me, text me, hit me up on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, however you want to do that. We have our Christmas service with Grace Chapel on December 22nd. And I met with Pastor Tim and we came up with an idea for the service. I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing. We'll have worship together, obviously. There's going to be something creative. Uh, Amber is going to be doing a special medley um, with my brother-in-law, Rick Bonner, that I'm excited about. We're going to share communion with Grace Chapel, and we'll have a a powerful word as well that will be in season for all of us. And so super excited about that uh, meeting with Grace Chapel. Again, that's going to be a Christmas service, December 22nd at uh, 10 a.m. So please plan on joining us for that. Now, I will take a few moments just to share my thoughts about this topic topic of giving and share my heart with that. You know, there were a lot of good reminders in my conversation with Braden, and some challenging thoughts that he shared that he's learned from His studies there and um, one thing that I thought about in my talk with him was Paul's letter to the church of Corinth in his second letter in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1 he takes some time to brag on the church of Macedonia and the church of Macedonia uh, it sounds like in the verses that I'm about to read that um, they took up an offering for Paul and even though they didn't have much It really blessed Paul. So in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So the first thing that jumps out at me, and it made me giggle when I even read the verse again, is verse two. It says, in the midst of a trial, they had both joy and extreme poverty. So they had both joy and extreme poverty. Most of the time, you would think, that having joy in both of those things, having joy and extreme poverty, are not possible. A lot of people think, well, if I'm going to be poor, I'm going to be miserable. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to go through tough times financially, it's going to make me miserable. But Paul brags on the Macedonians, and, and they pulled it off. They pulled off the ability to have joy in their severe trials and in their extreme poverty. And so I asked myself the question, how? Like, how did they pull that off? How were they able to have joy in extreme poverty? And I think the verse, I think the answer to that is in verse 3. It says, They gave as much as they were able. In the midst of their trial, most likely deadly persecution, and in the midst of having extreme poverty, they gave as much as they could, and it brought them joy. Think about that. I think it brought them joy because it helped them to see the extra that they had, even in the midst of extreme poverty. And one thing I've learned is even in the hardest of times, there's going to be an area in life that there's extra. and We can give from areas of extra, even if there's an area in our life where we are experiencing extreme poverty. So you ask Pastor Mike, that doesn't make sense. How is there extra even in the hardest times? Well, what I've learned is it's in the trials and extreme hardships that we tighten our belts, so to speak, and live only on exactly what we need. I mean, we've all been there when going out to eat, going to a movie, getting that Tim Hortons, getting that Starbucks. It's just not an option because we don't have the money. And so, you know, we've all been there when the extra things in life are just not available to us because maybe there was extra bills, maybe there was extra, you know, a car payment or repair. Um, And we've all been there when we haven't been able to enjoy the extra things in life. We've had to endure the homemade coffee, the boring nights of board games with our spouse or, you know, family. Um, You know, we've all had that ramen noodle meal. We've all had the boxed mac and cheese. Maybe you even sat in the dark or the cold for a few days because you couldn't afford to pay the utilities. I mean, we've been there. And it's in the times of extreme hardship like that when you learn to tighten your belt. You learn to live. You learn what you really need in life. And it's in those moments that you realize what's important and you realize the excess that you live in. And I think that even when we can uh, go through extreme hardships, extreme trials, extreme poverty, I feel like you may be lacking in money sometimes, but there's always something you can give from. There's always more that you can give. There's always an area where you are getting excess in. It might not be money, but it could be time. You know, maybe you going through a time where you're getting less hours at work or you're not working and you say, well, I got, now I have time and you can give your time. And it's in the moments of extreme hardship where you really can learn how to give in the areas of excess. And I think the key is in verse five to this. It says, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to others. And here's what I've learned about giving. Okay whether it's money, time, resources, here's what I've learned about giving. Giving is all about giving yourself first. Okay? If you can give yourself to God and others first, and I mean everything. I'm not just talking about your income. I'm talking about if you can give your time, your emotions, your thoughts, your prayers, if you can give them to first God, and then to others, then giving a part of your income is not a problem at all because you're already living sacrificially. So what does that mean? It means that you have the mindset that you have given everything that you can to God. It's all His. And you've given everything to your Christian brothers and sisters so that if a need comes up, you can give out of that because you've already given it away. And you have the mindset that it's all God's anyways. So you're just going to be obedient to give what God asks for. So if you're having issues with giving your money, I encourage you to take a look at your life, to see the areas that are not completely surrendered to God and others. And look and check your heart for those areas and say, okay, God, what areas of my life are not completely surrendered to you? And if you can work that out in your heart, then your ability to give money, or anything really, will soon follow. So that's my thoughts. I think it all comes down to the heart. I think it all comes down to, you know, Giving to yourself to God first, giving sacrificially first. I think it all comes down to to understanding that there's always going to be excess in life that you can give from somewhere and somehow. And even in trials and extreme poverty, you can have joy in giving because it really does change your perspective. I hope you have a great month. I look forward to connecting with you and seeing you December 22nd seeing you the next time that we do, seeing you at our next prayer meeting, wherever that is. Have a great time. I am praying for you. I certainly hope that you're praying for me, and remember that we are all in this together. God bless.